Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. Excited for this one today. Hobby Hustle has been so much fun to do. I'm getting a chance to connect with individuals that are really bright and engage with them on social, bring them onto the show and have them talk so we can all learn something. I'm learning just as much as you are too and that's why I love doing this. Today's conversation is with Josh. Josh is Cardboard Chronicles. I'm sure you've all seen his YouTube channel and he's also on the Card Ladder team helping build that thing and making what it is today. Um, and it was really, really solid. I think he is the guy who I bought the PSA 10 Kyler Murray prism from. Um, so that's fun. I think, you know, I learned a lot from him and he is definitely someone who has the mentality of turn left when the market is going right. He's got some big LeBron cards. We talked about a lot of stuff, but, you know, engaging with people like Josh, it, it makes me feel really happy and inspired that I'm in the hobby doing what I'm doing because he's got a great process and plan. He is just super knowledgeable. He's super dedicated to the hobby. And so I'm super excited. A lot of supers there. Jeez. Um, I'm really excited. How about that? To, um, to share this conversation with you. I had fun with it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this one. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another Friday conversation. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited that I'm recording this on a Friday. I have spent the last few Friday nights of mine up late night on the East Coast watching our guest um, and his co-host, Chris, from House of Jordans on the crossover on Instagram. It's been a ton of fun for me, uh, and I've learned a lot during that show. Josh is also runs Cardboard Chronicles. If you've checked out that on the YouTube side, when I jumped back into the hobby, that was one of the spots that I went to learn a ton. And he is also on the card ladder team. So a lot of different moving pieces in the hobby, but a wealth of knowledge. And we're going to try to bring that to you all today. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, no, no problem. I think a good place to start would be, and this is a topic that I think a lot of people in the hobby talk about, but just maybe talk about our the transaction we just had and how easy I thought it was as opposed to buying from someone on eBay or another platform. And I'll just kind of paint the picture for listeners. Uh, I got done with a work day. I typically do what I always do, uh, jump on Instagram, see what was happening with the card community. And I saw Josh had posted some cards he just got back from PSA and they were nice football cards. I think you probably weren't completely excited about all the grades you got, but one of the cards stuck out to me and that was a Kyler Murray PSA 10 silver prism, which I, I know is low pop. I had been searching for that one. So I immediately jumped into your DMs, dropped you a message. You said it was available um, held it for me, and uh, we ended up getting that transaction done, and it hit my doorstep this week. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, I wish all of my sales 
and all of my buys could be through a platform of people that I trust and know like Instagram. Can you, can you maybe talk about just your selling process on Instagram and how that typically works? Like success you've had, what your process is? Yeah, sure. Uh, so usually like when I get like a big order of PSA, I'll, I'll just like do a live just to show everything kind of real quick. And then I'll start posting stories of individual cards. Uh, and then I usually get quite a few DMS from that. And I'm always just, I'm on the side of like, I'd rather like work out a good deal with someone than like, you know, squeeze out every single dollar from someone I don't trust as much. Or, you know what I mean? Like if that card that we did, I probably could have sold it for like an extra hundred bucks if I had like done some extra work, talked to different people. But, you know, I just felt like, you know, this seems like a good deal for both of us. Why not just get it done? And in the long run, I just selling for like a fair price to someone I trust is going to like greatly benefit me on the other end where I know I'm going to make that money back, you know, in the future. I may not see it today. I may not see it tomorrow, but, you know, I feel good about it. And, you know, it kind of like grows the hobby because the, the actual goal for me is to grow the hobby. And I know that that's where the real money is. And I, I think there's a lot of short-sighted people not seeing that right now. And I'm hoping that we just get more easy transactions like that because it's just going to keep like making things more fun and easier and, and we're going to grow, uh, you know, faster that way and better. Yeah. And I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, from my perspective, I think we were going back and forth and it was the first time I've ever bought something from you and you were like, Hey, there's a listing up. The comp's probably going to go for this. And I, I, it, for me, it was like, I've been dying for, to get my hands on this card and I'm willing to pay fair price, but it was easy. And I'm with you on it. It's like so much of the hobby right now, the mentality, especially with new people coming in, it's very flip oriented transactional. And I think if more people would think about just like the relationship building and getting the money, to stay in the hobby, all of our cards are going to end up being wor worth more. So I think yep. it's on us. It's on everyone to just educate. And I think that's what you, the type of thing you, you do when you are on a platform and you share information. Um, so can you maybe talk about just like that, that mentality of just like transactional versus like building and developing relationships like from your observations of what's going on in the hobby like the good side and maybe the not so good side yeah i mean my whole platform right now like my latest push is to get people to kind of like diversify a little bit and like focus on different things and maybe find cards they didn't know existed and i think one way to, to get people focused on that is to sort of make the transactional side more relationship based and easier like like you were saying because uh, if the focus is just all me selling, buying, selling, buying, you know, here's comps, here's everything, um, you know, it kind of takes away from my actual mm -hmm. focus, which is, hey, here's something interesting I'm looking at today. You know, I've been looking at football cards, obviously, because I think that not enough people are paying attention to it and it's more interesting to me right now. You know, if people start flooding over to football, I'll probably jump back over to wrestling or Pokemon or something. It's just kind of the way that I... I enjoy spending my time in the hobby is like, because I have the platform I do, I think it's important, you know, and it's, it's up to me and, and guys like Chris to, um, you know, to kind of like share what we see outside of just kind of the day-to-day -day minutia of base prism PSA 10 stuff. Yeah. And when I, you know, jump back in, it seemed like the base stuff was, it's what everyone gravitates to. It's what everyone's talking about. But for me, outside of like having a Luca PSA 10, which is a great card to have, base prism like 
I've been trying to offload some of that stuff because just it's more fun for me to try to get some of the serial numbered cards, get some of the silvers and do it like I went to buy the Kyler Murray card, I went and sold like eight different lots. And a lot of those lots were like Jason Tatum based. And there were just a bunch of cards I grabbed from the beginning. But I can tell you like from a personal perspective, like that having just that one card as opposed to the a quantity of cards to me feels more important and it feels uh, more special. And I think there's just not enough people talking about that. It's, it's kind of all like base, base prism stuff. And I think my hope is that as more people are educated and get in and get into the hobby, they'll start to be some of those transitions of, of yep. mindset and mentality. Yeah. All the people that I talk to like yourself and I've been talking to like Adam Lefko and some like bigger personalities that come into the hobby. Those guys kind of all start with like, yeah, here's what, you know, which, which rookie do I buy? Which PSA 10 do I buy? And that's kind of just by nature of like what they see. And then as they get into it more, then they start asking me questions of like, you know, what about this limited version? What about this parallel? What about this autograph card? You know, I think it's just a matter of education. I'm not like, I have a positive intent focus on the folks that come in and and are doing the base Prism PSA 10 stuff because they just don't know about the other stuff yet. And so that's why it's like, you know, I'm turning it around and focusing on guys like myself where it's up to me to educate them. You know, I can't just like complain and assume that they're just here to make money. Like some of them are sure. and And we're seeing a lot of that, but like, most of the guys that I talk to that really get into it aren't, you know, they, they don't like that stuff after a certain while too, because they see it, you know, if you've been in hobby more than six months, you've seen a ton of, you're going to get it eventually. Totally. And I, I view that just like before we even connected and met as you as someone who has definitely experience in the hobby has been through a lot of different evolutions. Um, can you maybe talk about just your experience in the hobby when, like when you started and then, um, how you ended up where you're at today. Yeah, I started in 2016 and I started just kind of buying things that interested me uh, with like LeBron refractor cards. Uh, I mean, back in 2016, there wasn't really much hype or interest in really anything. So you you just kind of like made your own path and you had to figure out what you liked. You didn't really have a choice. There wasn't like a channel telling you what to buy. Uh, so then it's kind of forced you into what you like. So I just started buying LeBron Chrome refractors you know, gold, silvers, anything that I liked. Um, and as those started like becoming more popular and going up in value, I was able to sell some and kind of consolidate up into bigger pieces, like, you know, ultimate rookie LeBron, SP, authentic rookie, you know, and it just sort of like snowballed and kept growing. So I think, you know, I had the the biggest benefit I had was just starting earlier, you know, like I bought in so low that some of the stuff went up so much that I was able to just turn it into you know, cards that are almost unattainable today. And if I had started a year ago, there's no way I'd have what I have right now. There's just no way. It's just so expensive. Yes. Those are good instincts, I guess, right out of the gate. I like LeBron, so I'm going to buy a bunch of <laughs> LeBron cards that are really, really expensive. Now, was it, was it a product of you just like, you were a fan of watching LeBron James and these cards were cool, so that's what you gravitated to? Yeah. Or was it, okay. Yeah, I, when people come in new, I usually tell them like, they're like, well, you know, what cards do I buy? It's like, I usually start with like, what players do you like? Yeah. And you know, if, if, you, if you're like, oh, Zion's my favorite. I'm like, well, maybe let's like think about Zion and someone else because he's a little risky, you know, like maybe go back to like what you liked as a kid when you were younger or some icon or a legend and maybe like add a couple other players in just for fun. And if you focus on the player, then you can, then you can start diving in. Okay, what cards do I want to get of that player? And what cards interest me? What era of cards do they belong in? You know, what where are their rookie cards based? So like, yeah, I mean, I've been a, 
super fan of LeBron since he came into the league. So I, you know, it was a really easy choice for me there. And I, you know, obviously got lucky. It worked out like he's probably the best, you know, current investment you could possibly make of someone that's like a living legend and they're actually playing and you can prospect on them and he has a chance to win. So it's like the perfect combo. So, you know, you can't really replicate buying LeBron with too many guys. No. Uh, can you maybe talk about what's, what some cards that are currently in your uh, LeBron PC now that stand out to you? Uh, yeah, I, I, so I own a BGS8 uh, Exquisite Rookie Patch Auto out of 99, which is wow. you know, obviously one of the bigger ones. And then I have a uh, 2003 Topps Chrome Gold Refractor. You know, everyone's, everyone talks about the base right now, and it just sort of makes me, you know, a little bit more excited to know that I have the gold because everyone's so yeah. hyped on just, like, the base. And it's like, man, I, dude, when I when I bought the gold, the base was just, like, nobody cared about that card. I mean, it was an expensive – it was a $1,000 card, you know? Don't get me wrong. But now, today, when I see people saying, like, oh, this is, like, the best investment ever, like, sell your house, <laughs> buy Topps Chrome, PSA 10 LeBrons, you'll never go wrong. And I'm just like, man, I could have had, like, 200 of those. You know, it's like it's not that hard of a card to get. That's nuts. That's nuts. And I think that's like, for, for me, it, in part of back to the Kyler Murray uh, buy from you, it's, I, you know, he, he's a player that I followed in college, a player that I had on my fantasy football team last year, a player that I believe in the coaching staff and the surrounding pieces where I, big football fan, I looked at him and I know he's kind of like the hobby hype guy. Yeah. But I tried to get in front of it where, you know, and I, I've been having these thoughts and it's hard to compare with Luca because Luca is so parabolical at this point, parabolic. But like, I really view like, if you look at Kyla Murray and you think about Luca, I know it's different sports, but I view the Ky- Kyla Murray, his ability to have similar growth to maybe what Luca did in year two. Um, so I, my mindset's always like, look across sports and I, and I'm very big and bullish on football right now and just the market and the way things are moving. But I think it goes back to just like being kind of, your being a student and educating yourself and, you know, doing what you believe in based on your research. Totally. You're hitting on like the reason sports cards are blowing up in my opinion. It's that you as an individual have an opinion about a player. You have an interest in that player. Your homework to invest is to literally do your favorite thing already. So it's like, <laughs> you're combining something where you can make money, enjoy your sports even more, own like a piece of Kyler Murray, you know, for lack of a better term. And it's just like, dude, how can, how would you not love this right now? Totally. I mean, it was like Lefko was just talking to Matthew Barry about that uh, on his latest episode being like, Hey dude, like I know you're all about fantasy football, but like, this is more fun than fantasy football. And I got to be like, I was telling my wife, like I'm a Colts season ticket holder. I love the Colts with all my heart. But I, I told her when this card came, I said, man, I think I might have to buy a Kyler Murray jersey now and where, <laughs> when the Colts are playing. Uh, just because, you know, like that, he's you feel like, like you have a part of him, right? You feel like totally. you have some stock in him. Yeah, no. And I think that's the, the fun part about um, cards. And maybe like we can transition into card ladder and just like your what the story behind i know i talked to chris but the story behind card ladder from your perspective on how it's happened how it's kind of gone from maybe idea to where it is today your involvement and uh things you're seeing with it uh so far sure i mean the idea was all chris he came to me i think it's about four months ago and he's just like hey i've got this thing i've been thinking about and i you know i kind of want to go after it can you help you know i know he knows that i was 
I build websites and stuff. So he thought like maybe he can partner with me and, and we, we've been really close friends for a long time already. So it was like a really good team. It was a good fit and he does the data and I do the tech and it's just like kind of a match made in heaven for, for what it is. And, uh, you know, we just kind of thought about it as like, man, this is, you know, the timing of the, the industry being so hot, um, you know, where he was at in his life, it just was kind of a, the perfect time to go for it. So we, uh, you know, we, we've gone all in and, uh, you know, I build the website and I give him the tools to input the data efficiently and quickly and accurately. And he is the brain behind the brains behind all the data you see, all the cards selected, all the predicted values and the scores. That's all Chris. And, you know, I'm just sort of the, the puppet, I guess, as it were, that types it all in and makes sure that it works fast and looks good. And, you know, I designed the website with, with a friend of mine and we've got a couple other people involved, like uh, Christina, you know, from House of Jordans is, is involved in the project as well. And, uh, we've got this designer and uh you know uh so we, we've got a full team and and right now we're just we're having fun with it like it's you know people are loving it um it's going really well we're successful with it chris is uh you know way more involved in it full time and i'm kind of moving that way as well and uh you know we we just hope people like it you know like we're not uh we're not making the tool for any like side reasons of pumping our collections or we're not we're not doing it to you know, make all this money. We're doing it so that we can be more involved in cards and like make it our day job. That's kind of the, the main driver is that we just, we, we like cards so much that uh, it's kind of nice to have something that can support us and we can still like kind of dive into it more full time. Totally. Yeah. And I, you know, I, part of my job professionally and what I do is there's a lot of psychology, a lot of studying and observing people and behaviors and like just as an, from an outsider looking in, getting a chance to know Chris and then getting a chance to know you now, you know, you guys are super passionate about cards. You're super passionate about the community, the opportunities. And I think like, that's what I gravitated to immediately because I knew you were putting that into a product that was going to, that is helping out the the community and helping people like me and me jumping in. It's, very easy to use. And I, I love it. I got a message right before we jumped on from Chris on three cards. He just put in it, put in that. <laughs> I I was asking for, I had a tricolor Kyler Murray uh, select PSA 10 and uh, pink camo LeBron BGS 9.5 and uh, Aaron holiday silver prism. And those just got updated. So like that, like personal one-to-one and just here's the cards. And I just think the platform rolls and it's been so much fun for me to watch it evolve and it grow. I think the thing and I, you know, the thing that's just kind of wild to me is just like perception of people and just some people, I don't know if it's like everyone just like has a team or a camp that they want to be on, but like some people don't even let products like Card Ladder breathe or go in and, and, and use it themselves and create their own opinions. People want to just go cast their opinion that is may like might not be sound and just go out in the market and say, I, you know, I don't like this product, but I like this other product. So it's like, that's the one thing for me as I've been observing that's kind of bothered me a little bit is like how some people just in the hobby are a little closed minded um, and, you know, that they're not supportive of people that are, you know, trying to create product that is helping out the community. Do you have any just like, have you seen similar observations? Is there any like perspective you have to share on just maybe some closed minded uh, feedback you've gotten along the way? Yeah, I mean, we get, we obviously get some of that. And I think a little bit of it is some, some bias towards other products, which is, you know, that's fine. Like I get it. There's some competition and some fun there. Uh, 
But yes, I guess like my point of view on it is that, and Chris will attest to this because I tell him it every day, my whole thing with Card Ladder from my perspective is like, um, it's going to get better over time and we're just going to keep growing it. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to react. I don't want people reacting to like the four features we launched right out of, date, out of, out of the gate. And it's like, oh, you, you don't have this. It's a total failure. And it's like, man, we, every idea that I've heard and you guys give me and like, we've already thought about most of it to some extent and I have it all in a prioritized list of what we want to do, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, we as a company internally have to kind of go after the priority in a certain manner. I can't just like, I'm not, it's not feasible for me to just like release a hundred features in the app on day one. And we can't have a million cards on day one. So like the people that kind of see the long-term game of what card letter can and will be, I think are the ones that kind of are getting really excited about it and getting into it and trying to figure out, like you're saying, and like get into it and, and like see it for what it is. So I think I would just ask for, you know, if anyone watching or listening, like just give it some time, you know, like we're spending a lot of time on it. Our focus right now is scaling because we have so many people coming in that I have to focus on like making sure this thing doesn't break. <laughs> right. Uh, so you know the features kind of roll in, you know, as I as I work in them. But I mean, we're releasing new stuff all the time. Chris is adding cards all the time. We've got the submissions list where people are voting and we're getting in cards that the majority of people want to see. So like, I'd say on, on the uh, for the most part, we're getting a lot of positive feedback. And you know, some of the negative stuff, I just uh, you know, it is what it is, and I try not to uh, get too bogged down in it totally and i would just tell anyone who's listening obviously people know that i'm a fan of the product working in software and working in product you know when soft when products new products come out they don't all have the bells and whistles they usually start from an mvp perspective and you know the features roll out over time and most of those features are based on feedback from the community that's just typical software product release and development so I would say this, everyone just be patient as a user. And I've used a few different tools. I like what I've seen so far from card letters. So I would just tell the community of anyone listening, if you've run into bumps or frustrations, just be patient. Like this, these are the, the right team behind the operation. And I know they're, they're all listening because I, I get that feedback all the time from Chris asking me questions and stuff, which is always what you want from a company you're totally. investing a, you know, a monthly or an annual fee for. Yeah, you know, I mean, you don't want to think that what you're investing into or some product you're buying is just some like random group of people building it. Like Chris and I are in the public; we're on the show talking about it. We're not hiding anything. Like we, we basically are just like telling you what we're building, and people are giving us feedback. And they like, I'll get emails or messages, and they kind of assume that like some generic response is going to come back to them. And it's like my personal email responding to them, being like, "Hey, man, I'm looking at this right now. It's in my backlog." And they usually respond like, "Oh, wow, you actually." It's you responding to me. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a few of us. <laughs> totally. We're not some yeah. big like corporation. No, and you're being, and that's what, what I gravitate to in my style is the being transparent and being authentic. Um, so, so I, I really, really been digging that. One thing that just in watching the crossover that I wanted to talk to you about, because you're like your mentality when you're like going through eBay, you'll just see stuff and there'll be raw cards and it'll, you, you will have seen it and you'll just be like, this is super undervalued. This looks good. Like I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this. And then I'll slab these. You just like, it seems like you have just such a knack for like observing cards via eBay, like knowing that if you get these cards back, you get them in a nine, you get them in a 10, you know, you're going to get your, your money back. Um, and so like that to me, probably through the years of experience, but it comes natural to you. 
but maybe can you talk about just like, and one thing I'm continuing to try to get better on, and I know a lot of listeners are, is just buying raw cards. So maybe like, what are you looking at when you're buying raw cards digitally? Like what, what's your process there? Yeah. So my whole thing is like adding in as many layers between me and risk as possible. So what I mean by that is like, uh, the riskiest thing for me to do right now would be to buy a PSA 10 Luca base card because it has all the factors of it going down. It's got, it's already graded. So it's already in its perfect, you know, absolute peak uh, potential financially. Uh, He's playing right now and he's playing fantastic. So there's another one. Everyone is talking about it. The card is hyped as heck. That's just like the opposite of what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, Something where, okay, so raw is a good, a good place. That's one layer between me and risk is that, okay, so even if I, you know, if I grade this thing and it gets a 10, I automatically make money no matter what else happens. So I've, I've at least like gotten myself that much uh, value. And if it doesn't, and it gets a nine, you know, worst case scenario, hopefully because I've played the other layers properly, I can sell it back for what I, what I paid. Second is like timing. So I'm looking for who is not being talked about that I know will be because they're a great player. So like I was buying Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in March because everyone had stopped talking about them because the season was over and everyone was talking about Zion and Luca. So right now I'm not even looking at Zion and Luca cards, but after those guys get knocked out of the playoffs, I'm going to be ignoring Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are going back. So there's a second layer. It's just timing, right? Like I know certain cards are going to go up just based on people's attention. And then the last is just like picking what card. So like within a player, if everyone is talking about Patrick Mahomes' rookie prisms, uh, silvers, or not silvers, their base. If everyone's talking about that card, I'm just going to go buy second-year cards because no one else is talking about that. And then when they go talk about second-year cards, then I'll go back to the rookie. So those are my three like top layers is like raw, timing, and different sets within that player that aren't being hyped and talked about. But the raw thing, yeah, I, I get that. Just use the eBay tools, you know? Just like use the Zoom and like use your best judgment. Figure out if you think that seller has a ton of graded cards and that one's raw. There's probably a reason it's raw and it's not gradables, but they got raw cards that they've been ripping. You could tell if they rip wax because they'll have like a hundred mosaic cards, right? <laughs> a bunch of random mosaics and then one LeBron mosaic that they pulled. It's like, okay, well, this guy hasn't graded this yet. Let me just buy this. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, so the, that's the ultimate, uh, you're talking about the ultimate theme of the stacking slabs is turning left when everyone else is going right. And I think it, there is like, to me, I've already been thinking about – I was watching b- basketball and yesterday and I was thinking about the Grizzlies and, you know, they ended up winning. Um, and so they're in the playoff game. And I'm such a, a, a – I've got a ton of jaw cards and I haven't been buying jaw because, like, people are on them and paying attention. But I've been planning towards, like, all right, when the Grizzlies are out, how long do I wait until I go buy jaw again? So yeah. I, think, I think that's one of those things. It's just all timing. And, like, the, to be honest with you, the, the Kyler Murray card I bought from you, I bought a, uh, a Silver Select PSA 10 last night. And I'm almost done because, like, that, like, wave of people moving over to football, I can, like, I can feel it. I can feel see it. it in, yes. <laughs> I yes. can like, like it, you can look, look at like, it, and it's starting with yeah. all of the like first round fantasy draft picks like Zeke Elliott and all those, yeah. all those cards are going up. So it's like, for me, I am trying to buy the cards that there. Is that a Michael Thomas? Yeah. I was buying him like two months ago. Cause I could, like I said, I could feel like, I'll just see an auction. That's like, 30% over its previous high. And I'm like, Oh shoot. Like 
Someone may not have noticed that, but I did. And I'm about to go just buy a ton of that player right now. Because you, you could feel like the auction got hotter. You could feel like multiple people were on it. You lost and you thought you would have <laughs> easily won. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah, so, so I think that's, uh, you know, it's inevit- is it inevitable from your perspective that football is going to just it'd be the next big thing once, once it starts? I mean, I'm, I literally have a pile of just like fantasy football studs to my left because I just, like when the quarterback thing started, and then once I, I could kind of feel the whole hype around, you know, like shoe flippers and like people coming in that are gambling and daily fantasy players. I was like, dude, those guys. And like, you could, you could see it in Matthew Barry's eyes. It's like, he's a little bit intrigued. Cause he's like, Oh, I can buy cards of these guys that I study yeah. like nonstop and I can make more money than I already do. Cause fantasy football is a lot of luck, ton of luck. Totally matchup cards, driven cards, very little luck. You know, you just like, and you and you don't have to wait in the snake draft for who you want. You just buy whoever you want. Like I can, I think Michael Thomas is the best. I'm not going to own him in any league because he's too expensive. You know, for me to throw my whole uh, roto budget, or like I can't get him with the third pick. So guess what? I'm just going to buy a crap ton of his cards. And like now, I feel like okay, I can enjoy watching Michael Thomas more. And people like are so obsessed with DFS and fantasy football. It is like probably the most popular sports related thing in the entire country are you telling me those people wouldn't want to buy cards so i'm just like dude i'm just gonna go buy tons of this stuff it's so cheap nobody's talking about it it's not hyped at all i don't care people are making fun of me like whatever like that's kind of the other thing is i always feel like this happened with prism dude i was buying 2012 prism cards silvers for like 50 bucks and i'm not saying that to brag i'm saying it because like people at that time didn't care they didn't buy it they didn't want it but now that it's a little bit hyped, everyone acts like 2012 Prism is just like this gift from above. Like it's the best set ever made. It's so rare. It's like so amazing. But why didn't you care about it five years ago when it was plentiful? Like, why didn't you care? Because it wasn't hyped and it wasn't like the big thing. So like what I'm saying is that you could just get ahead of it, right? Like buy stuff that nobody cares about. And eventually they're going to come around to it. If you have some, if you have some foresight and you think like, Hey, there's some reasons I think this might go up then go ham on it and buy it. You know, like eventually people will start to notice. Totally. I love your opinion on this. So I had been trying not to be like an absolute homer and like buy up a bunch of like Colts players, but inevitably I think that's part of like the passion and being up in the hobbies. Like you want to connect with the guys that you're huge fans of. So as I'm buying football up, I'm buying guys that I think are undervalued. So I bought, this is like two, uh, two, two months ago, I bought a, load of dk metcalf his prices are crazy now i bought a load of hollywood brown um so i bought a bunch of these year two guys kyler and now i i'm going into like some of the older vets and so i here's two cards i bought these two ty hilton uh orange tops chrome rookies uh 9.5s i bought two of them and it was like 65 bucks for these two cards and i was just like this is absurd like this guy go, this guy week one catches two touchdowns for 150 yards from Phillip Rivers. These cards are going to double like or triple. So like the question I have for you is like I'm trying to get an understanding of just like football, the mentality, and then like you've got the prism, which everyone's going to be going after the prism guys. But then you've got like yeah. some of these players that still ball out and play. They're in, in tops and they have tops chrome cards. Like what's your perspective on like – some of these guys still playing whose rookie cards are in tops. Do you think like there's room to grow? Like what's your perspective on that from a product from comparing each product? Yeah, totally. 
So I'm on the same wavelength as you right now. Like I'm, I'm thinking about guys like that. Another one you should be thinking about is Reggie, Wayne, Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Those guys are freaking like Hall of Famers, legends. Their cards are are freaking so cheap, ridiculously cheap. You should be buying them. Uh, secondly, is like because the cards are so cheap and no one's paying attention to them. Uh, what I'm doing is buying just like the flagship products of those players and just like paying a little bit over market of what they are. Because if I believe in the idea, I'm just going to get what I know people are going to gravitate to once they come into that market. So, you know, you're talking pre-Panini or for football, you're talking top scrum refractors, right? You're talking some of the colored refractors, gold, orange, red, some of that stuff. And then you're talking their national treasures card, their RPA or exquisite if they're older. Because uh, I've been buying some like Calvin Johnson exquisite stuff from, from older and the uh, Larry Fitzgerald stuff. And then if you are... And then, you know, if they're younger guys and you want to play sort of a daily fantasy aspect of it, just buy their Prism PSA 10 Silvers or buy their, you know, Golds. Get some of their contenders. Contenders is a big one. I, I yeah. would really... Contenders is huge, man. Football is, like, so big on that. Like, they're cracked ice. Their main, you know, variation of contenders. Uh, I stay away from the optic stuff. But, you know, just kind of limit yourself to, like, three or four. From what, Like, if you have an idea, limit yourself to, like, the top three or four flagship products of that thing. Uh, and if you're bored of those, you know, you're, you're like, oh, I don't want to buy Prism PSA 10 because that's boring. You know, then try to find some more rare ones. Try to find the gold or try to find like, the gold Prism rookies of football players are like so cheap. And especially second year, I was buying, I bought like a Mike Evans gold Prism at a 10 for like $15. Are you kidding me? That's, that's absurd. It's like, dude, Luka Doncic second year gold Prism is probably like three grand or, you know, it's like and Mike Evans is $15. Jeez. So that's the thing. It's, I think it's not, not only educating yourself on the opportunity with these players, but then inter- educating yourself with what product lines matter and, yeah. and the, the parallels within those products. Like totally. I, 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 my, for my big thing is trying to mitigate risk too. And it's, I'm, you know, with football, it's like the more serial numbered cards, the better for me. That's kind of been my approach and mentality is try to buy some of the serial numbered cards and like, sets like prism and um sets that i know will be taken off um do you, you can also you, ask you can also ask experienced guys too like i just i was looking to buy like some julio jones cards and i found a couple like julio jones super collectors on instagram and i just messaged them and i was like what cards matter for julio like what should i be looking at oh look at his contenders make sure it's this one you know look at his national treasures look at his top scrum I'm like done okay i get it i got those are the ones you just said it <laughs> that's the thing it's like there are specialists for like products Everything. and players. They're all on Instagram. <laughs> all you have to, all you have to, that is a hack. It's, it's, it, it might sound like super easy, but people don't do it. Like if I see someone put like new England pieces, uh, Nick, who I had on the show last, like I just kept seeing this dude, like posting like all of these submissions and all of these. So I just like reached out to him. I'm like, Hey man, I'm trying to do more bulk subbing. Like, let me understand your process. And he's like, absolutely. Like, People like for the most part, there are bad actors and we we've all seen it and it just feels off hobby brand, I guess. But like for the most part, most people are like super helpful and like will answer your questions. You just gotta be the one to be proactive and ask them. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, like when I message guys that like, you know, haven't gotten much attention in the hobby, they're sort of like, Why are you asking me this? <laughs> and I'm like, because I think these cards are sick, man. Like you've you found something that I'm interested in that no one else is paying attention to, and I want you to help me. And they always want to help because the thing that they want most, especially being on Instagram, is they want other people to pay attention and care about the things that they like. Who doesn't want that? Who would not totally. want 
a hundred people coming to them being like, teach me about Julio Jones. Dude, he would love that. Totally. Totally. Uh, maybe what are, who are some, uh, just going into this season, um, football players, guys that you have been, that you think are maybe undervalued right now. And you think are, are set up to have some, some good seasons. Sure. Well, kind of like putting myself in the fantasy football perspective, I'm looking at like first round picks and fantasy like receivers and running backs. So the guys that I've pinpointed for cards are Devontae Adams. So cheap. So cheap. I don't know if it's like a Green Bay thing or what, but like I thought he's, Green Bay he, fans would be awesome, would be all over that. He's got a, a prism and a uh, chrome top rookie, chrome. doesn't Yeah, his yeah. top chrome rookie is sick. Uh, Mike Evans, he's got Brady coming. He's going to get a ton of exposure. He's going to like break the all-time record for most consecutive thousand-yard seasons to start his career. Like These are like mind-blowing numbers that if you think about the players that are relative to them in basketball, they're like 100 times more expensive. Um, Kenny Galladay. Great season last year. Great fantasy player. Uh, Chris Godwin, another guy that's with Brady. Um, Julio Jones, he's going to be coming up on some like all-time receiving records here pretty soon. He's like already top 25, I think, after this year. If he has like an average season, he'll be like top 12 all-time receiving yards, which is nuts because he's only 31 years old. They don't run the ball either. All they they do is pass. Michael Thomas is big. And these guys are like the top, top, top guys in fantasy. So there's not much risk to like, there's just not as much risk and their cards are so cheap. Um, I'm not big on the running backs. I don't know. They, they seem riskier to me. They Christian do. McCaffrey will probably be good because they'll probably squeeze out a couple more like top end years. But after that, like I'm, I'm pretty nervous. Yeah. The run, running backs that I have been buying, uh, Josh Jacobs, Marlon Mack have been more like I'm buying up loads of them right now it's like the bull bull situation yes, I, i'm buying up yes. loads of them and waiting for that big monster game and then i'm just gonna sell them yeah unfortunately th- there's a couple guys that i've been buying that you don't have to worry about that like you can look you can go back and just like look at retired running backs that have built up the stats that no one's ever going to touch again because of the the way the nfl's structured like walter payton emmett smith ladanian tomlinson jim brown those guys numbers and stats are going to be just almost impossible for anyone to get near because of the way the NFL is going forward. And it's just never going to go back to the way it was. So like you're really safe in buying those kind of running backs. My brother uh, texted me today or yesterday. I don't want to get your opinion on him, but just speaking in numbers and undervalued, what are your thoughts on Frank Gore's cards? Have you looked into that one's a good one? Yeah. I mean, he's like, what is he like third all time in rushing yards or something or something like that? Yeah. Like, Man, that dude is like, and everyone in my fantasy football league jokes about that dude every year because it's like, he's like the least sexy pick every year, but he always <laughs> he still overperforms. Scores. I know. Yeah, he, he still always, scores. People are like, oh, this is the year. Like, just let him slide in the draft. No one will care. And then someone will pick him up and he'll end up being on their team, you know, all year starting. <laughs> totally. We, we had him in Indy for three years and he came like with when luck got hurt and stuff. And the guy just played his ass off. I mean, he was like, it seemed like he he's a, he's the type of guy who goes on a team, and he seems like when he's in that locker room, he's been on the team for like ten years. So he's yeah. a very likable guy. His cards um, are dirt, dirt cheap, dirt, dirt, cheap. dirt cheap. And the other thing you talked about, Evans and Godwin. I went back this week and looked at the Bucks schedule. It is really hard seeing the Bucks not go eleven and five at minimum. They've got a really easy schedule with all the surrounding pieces so there's going to be a lot of dancing in the end zone uh in tampa so i am with you on godwin and Evans, there's like I think. there's already so many people 
that play fantasy football that are just like they think they're the smartest person ever because they play <laughs> fantasy. And you know what I'm talking about. Everybody, everyone here, you everyone, every league has that guy that's like, oh, dude, you guys didn't pay attention to this sleeper. And it's like, man, that logic being applied to cards is so much more valuable to all those people and so much more fun. I just I cannot see a way that that doesn't stick. Totally. Um, I know this has been total. This has been fun. Maybe we can close out. What are um, I guess just some parting words for people that are maybe new, new or newer to the hobby that are um, entering and trying to figure out the madness with the wax right. product releases, everything. What are some parting words you have for anyone who's listening on, on what they should be doing or how they should be operating? Yeah. So, I mean, the obvious one is try to, you know, collect what you like. It's kind of the, the main answer, but outside of that, I would say patience is the big thing that I keep telling people because the, there's like this kind of feeling of FOMO right now where people are coming in and they feel like they're going to miss out if they don't buy something right now. You know, they feel like, Oh, if I don't buy a Luca PSA 10 right now, it's going to triple tomorrow. And, you know, I would try to like get away from that feeling and try to have some patience and, and look at stuff. Cause there's tons of guys that we can rattle off that aren't in the middle of tripling in value every other week. There's lots of players that, that could, that aren't. So I think it's just uh you know, some, some patience there and like research I I told I said it earlier, but like come up with a list of players. I think that's really helpful, and it's good advice that that I think can really help. Is like you know come up with maybe a list of like a Hall of Famer that you like, maybe from your childhood, a current playing great player. You know like your your LeBrons and your uh, Lucas and like really high end top players, Giannis. You know football like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Pick someone like that because everyone has a favorite player that that's really good. And then maybe pick like a, you know, a Hail Mary type of guy, like a prospect that you can maybe have some fun with that you think is cheaper than other people. And, you know, you can get behind them and you're, you like watching them play or whatever. Uh, and then once you get in that mode, like, cause with Kyler Murray, I can see your excitement around it and you're going to get into the cards more. You're going to understand it better because you enjoy the player, right? So like the more uh, you enjoy something, the more uh, passionate about it you are, the more you're going to research it, the more knowledge you're going to have, and it's, you're just going to be more successful that way. So I would say, you know, patience, figuring out what you like, what players you like, and then start, like I said, researching on Instagram, figuring out what people are buying of those players. I, I honestly don't know anything about wax. So I just, I just tell people to stay away from it just because like, I, <laughs> it's a good, like good you, advice. You just can't win. Someone said that recently. It was like his advice. Yeah. He was like, number one, just like, if you're new, just don't buy wax. Just don't like, in a year when you like feel comfortable with it and you've made some money on singles and like you feel like you understand the market at that point yeah buy a box and rip it and have some fun but like as a new person you will not win just don't no. do it breaks too just like you're gonna lose it's tough those are those are some good words of wisdom josh where can people uh find you on instagram in closing so it's at cardboard underscore chronicles and Go. youtube is just cardboard chronicles yeah and and make sure make sure you uh don't sleep on those live uh, streams he puts out there because you might end up with a nice card that's going to sit in your collection. This has been so much fun, Josh. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back soon when football's actually going on. Yes, and I'll get you on Cardboard Chronicles soon because we, uh, Chris and I are really big on supporting all the content creators and we really appreciate your support in Card Ladder. And uh, yeah, just thanks for everything you do. We're Chris and I are really excited to be working with you and chatting with you. Yeah, this has been fun. Thanks so much. I hope you are buying football cards after that one. Man, inspiration and validation for some of the stuff I've been talking about. Go make sure you follow Josh Cardboard Chronicles. Hit the subscribe button on his YouTube page. Definitely check out Card Ladder. That was a ton of fun. Follow me, 
stacking slabs. You know the drill. Hit that subscribe button. Leave that five-star review. Take care of yourself. Take others around you. Happy collecting. Happy investing. And we'll talk to you real soon.